Okay, good morning. Good to see everyone again this morning. Uh, we are going, well, we, if you are with us last week, we finished off our, our study in Esther, Ruth and Esther. And so uh, just kind of give you sort of an update what we're going to do uh, in, um, in October. Uh, Wes is going to um, help teach the class and we're going to start a whole new series. But to get us to October, uh, we've got three more weeks. And so uh, Lonnie Jones will be speaking two weeks from tonight uh, during the Bible class hour when he's here. And so that takes care of that. But we need to take care of today and next week. And so uh, what I want to do is sort of this idea that uh, Wes and I have been throwing around. You know, he's um, actually seen this used in other congregations and uh, he seems to uh, think that it works pretty well, and so uh, we'll, we'll try that today and next week, and um, sort of, you know, I guess the basic outline of the class is that we're going to be diving deeper into the sermon, right? So um, hopefully you paid attention to the sermon, uh, because in this class we're going to, we're not going to rehash the sermon, we're not going to, you know, talk about it point for point, but we're going to dive deeper. Um, you know, I mentioned, you know, those those spiritual blessings, you know, we're going to take a deeper dive into those spiritual blessings and talk about uh, them a little bit further. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, sort of like when, uh, you know, somebody's filming a movie, does all of that movie film get used in the movie? It doesn't, does it? I mean, there's thousands of hours that uh, end up not getting put into the film. And that's sort of the same thing with sermons, right? Preachers will spend hours and hours preparing sermons, uh, but a lot of it doesn't get put in the sermon for the sake of time, right? Uh, the, the, ser- or the, the preacher would probably be, uh, get, be shown his walking papers, wouldn't he, if he were to preach every single thing that he wanted to from that week. And so, um, so you know, we've got to sort of pick and choose what to put in the lesson and then leave the other uh, for maybe another time. But that's what we're going to do here this morning is kind of, again, just dive a little bit deeper into the lesson, into Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 14, and um, again, so I, what I wanted to start off with, though, was to, you know, look at that hymn once again. I'm not going to lead this hymn, but, uh, you know, again, you're familiar with it, Count Your Many Blessings, right? Um, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy? You are called to bear. Count your many blessings. Every doubt will fly, and you will be singing all the days go by. When you look at others and their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings. Money cannot buy your reward in heaven, nor your home on high. And so amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend, help and comfort give you to your journey's end. And then, of course, we know the chorus, right? Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. That's a beautiful hymn, isn't it? And again, you know, sort of the emphasis of the lesson was, you know, sometimes we forget those many blessings that God has given to us. And again, spiritual blessings. Right? Again, physical blessings he's blessed everyone with, right? Uh, sun, rain, uh, all those types of things. But the spiritual blessings, 
are for the Christian. And those are the things that we want to focus in uh, on this morning. Um, people will ask you, how you doing? And how do we normally respond? Good. I'm good, right? I'm okay, right? That, that's our, sort of our normal response. Um, do you know anybody that will say, I'm blessed? Some people will respond like that, won't they? How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed, right? And they ought to. And we ought to, right? Because we are blessed. Uh, Psalm 136, verse 25 says, God gives food to all flesh. Right? He, again, there's that idea that he blesses everyone uh, physically. You know, uh, Matthew 5, verse 45. Again, we talked about that one. He, he sends the rain on the, the good and the evil. He sends the sun to the righteous and the unrighteous. You know, James chapter 1, verse 17. Uh, you remember what he says there? How he gives... Uh, gifts, <clears throat> how every good and perfect gift is from above. I'm trying frantically to get there, but fingers are sticking here. Uh, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Right? The God's blesses all with an abundance of earthly blessings. But again, what's the difference between physical blessings? Or what's the difference between all people and God's people when it comes to blessings? Yeah, it's those additional blessings, right, that we read about this morning, those spiritual blessings that are only found in Christ, right? Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Again, yes, the rain's important, the sunshine's important, but what about redemption? Right? What about... Uh, eternal life, you know, those spiritual blessings that he promises uh, to those who are in Christ. But, but in this life, right, um, you know, you, you see these chairs here, you see these empty chairs, uh, you know, when we're, you know, worshiping God on, on, on the Lord's day, you know, what's the problem? I mean, does, the, does, the, does not everyone want these spiritual blessings? People want the spiritual, or do they want the physical? They want the physical, don't they? They, they love the rain. They love the, the sun. They love those things that God has blessed us with. But when it comes to those spiritual blessings, those things that, you know, you know maybe that are yet to be attained, or uh, you just can't see those things, uh, people don't want them as much, right? Um, they want to hear... Oops, sorry. Okay, yeah, we got to teach them, don't we? Uh, they want the here and now, don't they? You know, I, I think of this passage a lot in John chapter 6. Uh, you remember, you know, Jesus, he uh, feeds the 5,000, and, you know, he's got this big following, and he's, you know, he's preaching, he's, he's teaching to the people, and, at, and John chapter 6 is a long chapter, 71 verses, but when you get towards the end, you know, he, he stops and he's talking to his disciples, and you know, he's teaching them, and in verse 60 it says, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? Uh, but Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, Does this cause you to stumble? And you drop down to verse 66, and it says, As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. He was feeding them physically, 
right? He sat down and had that, uh, you know, the fish and the loaves and produced that to feed them. Uh, and they started following him. But as soon as he started teaching, right, as soon as he started preaching to them, they started to dwindle, didn't they? Because the, the food wasn't being produced, the, the, the physical food. He was producing spiritual food, but that's not what they wanted, right? And again, uh, that's the idea of this thought this morning, this lesson this morning is, um, I don't know if the world understands the, the, the spiritual blessings that the Christian has, right? And, uh, you know, again, maybe they have the attitude that they, that they think they can do it themselves. Job, oh, I wanted to read this passage. This was an interesting passage. Job chapter uh, 21, uh, starting in verse 7. Again, this describes this idea that you know, people think they can do it themselves. Uh, Job 21, starting in verse 7. Uh, Why do the wicked still live, continue on, also become very powerful? Their descendants are established with them in their sight, and their offspring before their eyes. Their houses are safe from fear. And the rod of God is not on them. His ox mates without fail. His cow calves and does not abort. They send forth their little ones like the flock, and their children skip about. They sing to the tremble and harp, and rejoice at the sound of the flute. They spend their day in prosperity, and suddenly they go down to Sheol. And they say of God, depart from us. We do not even desire the knowledge of your ways. Who is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what would we gain if we entreat him? Behold, their prosperity uh, is not in their hand. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. Right? And uh, you know, Job is describing a lot of the people in the world, aren't, isn't he? That I can do it myself. You know, I'm, uh, you know the, these, uh, my life is great. My, my farm is working, you know as he says there about, you know, some of the animals in, in that passages, uh, but I don't need God. I, I don't need his blessings. And Isn't it pretty much so nature for us to want to do as much as we can for ourselves so we wouldn't depend on anybody else? It would seem like that, wouldn't it? That we do put ourselves above God sometimes, don't we? That we can do it ourselves and we don't rely on him. And again, those promises that uh, he has promised us. So uh, with that thought in mind, you know, let, let's dig a bit deeper into these blessings again that, that uh, Paul lists here in Ephesians chapter 1. Again, uh, you know, just quickly from the sermon, again, the, the source of the blessings, again, is God. Right? He is the source the scope of the blessings is every spiritual blessing and the spear of those blessings, again, in the heavenly places in Christ. Um, verse 3 through 14, again, I mentioned in the sermon that, you know, this is one entire, you know, sentence in the Greek. And uh, it's also referred to as a doxology, which is kind of just a, you know, a, a theological way of saying sort of like an anthem, you know, a... Um, a way of life, uh, uh, praise and glory uh, of God. Because, uh, uh, you know, we didn't point this out in the lesson, but in verse 6, in verse 12, and verse 14, you know, Paul will say, to the praise of his glory, right? Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Verse 12, to the praise of his glory. Verse 14, to the praise of his glory. 
right? And so, um, so he's laying out sort of this anthem that includes these spiritual blessings. Now, I didn't uh, catch up on this until uh, I was doing some study on this, but most commentators say that, you know, he mentions seven specific blessings. And I know we could probably go through here and kind of maybe say, well, maybe this is uh, a blessing, uh, but seven specific blessings uh, a majority of people will point to. And what, what's the significance of seven in Scripture, by the way? Yeah, perfection, right? Completeness. You know, six, six is not complete, right? And so, but seven is. And so, yeah, so, uh, so they point to, you know, again, seven spiritual blessings. Uh, maybe they say that this is a summary list of all blessings. So, you know, if we could think of another blessing that, a spiritual blessing that might not be on the list, maybe it's summarized underneath one of the other uh, headings, but... Can you think of any blessings that, spiritual blessings, I guess, that maybe were not listed in Paul's passage uh, that, that we can think of? You know, I was going to say prayer, and I've been torn between the two uh, because uh, it is, a, I guess, a spiritual blessing, but it's also a physical blessing, too, that we have the ability to go to God in prayer at any time, any day, you know, at any point in life. And uh, so, you know... Maybe that's why, you know, he doesn't specifically talk about it here, is maybe he doesn't list it as a, a spiritual blessing. But, again, remember, blessed be, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father uh, is that Greek word where we get the word eulogy, right? To speak well of, right? Speak well of God because of these things. And so let's, let's notice the first one here, uh, verses, verse, uh, well, let's start in verse 3. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before, excuse me, before him. So the first one is, we are chosen in Christ. Right? The first spiritual blessing here is we are chosen. Um, you know, obviously we understand what that means, right? To pick out to choose. Now, now God's doing the choosing, right? God is picking out those uh, who he wants to bless. And um, this isn't something that he's doing arbitrarily. I, I know that there's a, a, you know, a false teaching, Calvinism, uh, that talks about how God, uh, you know, he chooses the individual, right? Uh, he says, okay, you know, Michael, you're not going to be saved, but, you know, uh, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, you're going to be saved, Right? And that's what Calvinism teaches, that God arbitrarily picks people. He chooses people who he's going to save. But is that what Paul means by here when he says that God has chosen us? No. Marshall Keeble, a great evangelist, you know, he, he's always quoted as saying, it's not the man, but it's the plan. Right? It's, not, it's not the individual man God chooses, but it's the plan that he chooses. Those who will be obedient to him. Those are the ones who, who God chooses. Right? And so, again, it's not like I'm going into the grocery store and you know, I want to buy some peppers. And so I pick up one and say, okay, I'm going to keep this one. And take the other one and say, nope, I don't want that one. You know, that's not what God's doing as far as you know, choosing us. Right? Um, it, it's the obedient. Those who, those who decide to be obedient in this life 
you know, who, who obey God, right? Those are the ones that he chooses. That's why he gave us free choice. Exactly. Yeah, we don't talk a lot about free choice too much, do we? Your free will. Um, that's, that's a whole another lesson another day, but right. Uh, you know, I, I often will say that, you know, that's one of the, you know, the biggest points that we know that God loves us is because he allows us to make our own choices, right? And so, yeah, so uh, he chooses us and we have to choose him. And so... We've got, we've got to choose him. And, and we've got to teach others that, uh, the importance of choosing him, right? And so, um, so here, spiritual blessing number one, he chose us in Christ. And when did he, according to that passage there in verse four, when did he make that uh, decision? When did he make that? Before the foundation. Yeah, before the foundation of the world. Uh, isn't that amazing that he... Before he created the world, before Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, that he had this plan in mind from eternity, right? that he had in mind that he was going to save those who were in Christ, kind of blows our mind a little bit, doesn't it? That he had that plan from the foundation of the world. And then he says there in verse 4, he blessed us and made us his own so that What? So that we would be yeah, without blame or holy. My translation says holy and blameless before him. Can you and I make ourselves holy and blameless yeah. before God? No, we'll, we won't even you know, come close uh, to that, right? But, but here's the plan, right? That, that he is our righteousness. Uh, that we, we have none of our own. But uh, as he mentions here, one of my favorite passages in the, the New Testament, 1 John uh, chapter 1. Uh, start, let's start in verse 7. 1 John chapter 1. Uh, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right, so he, he, he chose us before the foundation of the world, and by doing that, he uh, will make us, again, uh, he says there, holy and blameless before him. Blessing number two, uh, verses... Uh, at the end of verse 4, it says, In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. And so, uh, second spiritual blessing here is he predestined us to adoption. Yeah, Eddie. I hear that he won't 
Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, he, he laid out that model prayer for us, didn't he? And, and told us how to pray, or how to pray, how to pray, right? And he ends that by, you know, in his name, right? In Jesus' name, or in my name. And, yeah, as you both pointed out, you know, Christ is our mediator, right? And that's how we get uh, our prayers to God is through, you know, Jesus Christ, right? And so, yeah, so, um, so he chose us. And now uh, he has predestined us through adoption, again, before the world began, right? This is something he determined before the world began. He predestined uh, this to take place. Uh, he took the initiative. And, and notice, um, oh, verse 4. No, sorry, verse, yeah, verse 5. He predestined us. That word us is, that's a pretty important word in that uh, in that verse. It's a little word, but it's important, right? He predestined us because, again, who, who is Paul writing to? Christians, right? The Christians in Ephesus. And so he predestined us to adoption as sons. The saints he predestined. And it's true that we are children of God, right? We, no one would deny that, that Christians are children of God. But how do we become children of God? Well, in this passage, through the adoption process, right? And, and so, um, you know, he, he's adopting us into his family. Um, as, a, as being an adopted child, do we, in, or I guess think of it in the physical terms, when you adopt a child, are they now uh, enjoying all the rights and privileges uh, that they would have uh, that, that the biological children might have in that family? Yeah. Yeah, and so that's the idea, right? That God has, uh, he is adopting us into his family. Another spiritual blessing, right? We, we are now in his family. Um, according to the kind intention of his will, he says, right? Because he wants to, because it pleased him to do this. And he freely bestows this grace upon us, right? We're, we're, we're not so much as servants or slaves or friends or neighbors or associates, but according to Paul, you know, we are adopted children, right? We're sons and daughters. You might have seen... Sorry? Well, he predestined, right, before the foundation of the world that you know, whoever was going to um, be in his son, and remember, his son is, uh, he's the head of the church, and his body is the church, and so whoever is going to be in that, in his son, be in the church, uh, is going to be saved, right? Be chosen to be predestined to adoption, be part of God's family. Uh, right. And we're not, uh, Jesus is the only begotten son, but you and I, you know, we become sons, daughters through, you know, the adoption process, right, as we follow his will, right? And so um, I was going to mention, uh, you may have seen this in the news uh, here recently, but um, you heard about Michael Orr, who was, uh, that, that movie, that book called The, the Blind Side, yeah. Uh, and so there's some controversy going on there. And if you've seen that movie or read that book, it's about a, a young uh, black man who is adopted by uh, a rich white family, right? And so they adopt him, 
And, you know, he goes on to play in the NFL. He goes on to make millions of dollars, win a championship ring, you know, all of these different things. But it's coming out in the news uh, recently that, uh, you know, technically the family never adopted him. Uh, but uh, um, they were conservators of his um, life, right? And so because of that, uh, apparently, you know, he doesn't have the rights and privileges of being uh, a child in that family. And because of that, you know, he's not entitled to those millions and millions of dollars that that family is receiving from, you know, the book deal and the movie deal and all of that. And so um, he's finding out that, you know, he was never really adopted by that family. He was never really, you know, legally part of that family. And it hurt him. And, it, and I know it's kind of being, you know, you know the, the, the media is trying to, you know, put the two together or push the two against each other, right? But, but the idea here that I'm trying to make is that'll never happen with God, right? If we comply to his will, if we, you know, if we are part, if we are in Christ, we are his adopted children, right? and he's not going to, you know, change that at the end. So, again, spiritual blessing number two, he has predestined us to uh, adoption. Uh, number three, here, verse seven, in him we have redemption through his blood. This word redemption is probably, is that, is that the five-minute bell already? Okay. <laughs> We're going quickly, okay, and we're going to have to speed up if we're only on number three, or maybe we'll finish this up next week, but uh, redemption, right? Verse seven, in him we have redemption through his blood, one of the most meaningful terms used to describe our relationship with God, that we have been redeemed. Um, when Israel came out of Egyptian bondage, what were they? They were redeemed, weren't they? God redeemed them back. Um, it means to release from a captive condition or to buy back or to pay the ransom, right? And when we become Christians, again, that's another spiritual blessing as we have been bought back. Uh, but what does that redemption cost according to this verse? Yeah, the blood of Jesus. Why does redemption cost the blood of Jesus? What is it about blood? More specifically, Jesus' blood. Yeah. yeah, so I was going to go with what Ricky's pointing out here is that, you know, what we learned back in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11 the importance of blood. You know, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. Right? Life is in the blood. And so, um, so because of that, in the Old Testament, you know, when, when you sinned, or at least the Jews when they sinned, they had to atone by doing what? Yeah, they offer a sacrifice, an animal sacrifice, right? To have that blood spilt. And that blood, did that blood take care of the problem permanently? didn't, did it? Um, <clears throat> what, what does the Hebrews writer say in uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse uh, 22? 
he says. Well, he says in chapter 10, the, bull, the blood of bulls and goats don't take away sin. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, he says, uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And so again, what, what's special about Jesus' blood? He's the Lamb of God. Perfect. Unblemished, spotless, without wrinkle. Right, and so, so <laughs> number three, the third spiritual blessing we learn in this passage is that in him we have redemption through his blood. Right? He has bought us back uh, through his blood. He's paid the ransom. And, you know, I didn't write this down, but that ties into another verse uh, in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, that says uh, that he purchased, uh, excuse me, he, Paul tells the shepherds there in Ephesus to oversee uh, the church, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. The blood of Jesus. So I think, I guess that that's the five-minute bell, and we didn't finish, so we'll finish this next week because uh, I know there's just a lot of material here, and I appreciate all the... Um, commentary we've been having, dialogue we've been having, and so we'll leave these last, uh, well, I guess these last three for next week, and we'll finish up our thoughts here, uh, but again, I appreciate everyone being here this morning, and Brother Jimmy, you got our final, our final prayer for us?